Welcome to Tea Not Coffee, a podcast for the mature Christian woman with a focus on constant growth and fruitfulness in your natural and spiritual life. I'm your host, Brittany Smalls, and I want to challenge you today to consider this. Are you preserving or producing? Let's dive in. today's conversation, I have a few announcements for my listeners that number one, Google Podcast is actually going to no longer be a podcast platform as of March of this year. So literally in about four weeks, Google Podcast is no longer going to be Google Podcast. Great news though, if you're listening on Google Podcasts, you always have the opportunity to listen on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. And if you don't want to do either of those options, you always have access to TNOT Coffee via my website. You can listen to the latest episode of TNOT Coffee directly on my website at brittanysmalls.com. Next on the announcement list, I am actually doing my very first author meet and read March 9th. So March 9th, 3 p.m., go to my website, brittanysmalls.com to register to get to see the face behind the voice. And for those of you who have a copy of Yesterday, Today, and Forever, or maybe you've been pondering, should I get a copy? And you want to kind of hear me share a little more information about the book and dive into some of the topics that are discussed in the book. This is a great way to do both. You get to see who I am, meet the person behind the voice as well as read or listen to me read this content that I am so in love with. (laughs) It's my very first book, baby. And I want to thank those of you who've already registered. The seating is limited. Registered via the website or it's through Eventbrite. It's virtual, so it's online. You don't have to travel anywhere except as far as your phone or laptop takes you. (laughs) And you can definitely support me as an author by doing so. Again, the event is free March 9th, 3 p.m. online via Zoom on Eventbrite. Also, for those of you who are content creators, we're going to make it a content day. This is an exclusive pop-up event hosted by Insminger Media and PMC Productions. And this event is going to be held March 16th from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, what they're doing is they're taking their expertise as videographers and photographers, and they are joining in their services. So you'll be able to get three short form videos and three photos in 30 minutes. So if you're interested in doing that, I know a lot of authors are, you know, needing to refresh those headshots. A lot of authors are needing just some quick video about who they are and maybe a quick shout out about a book or something. This is an awesome way to get that done. More details can be found when you register online at content-day.eventbrite.com. Again, that's content-day.eventbrite.com 
Com. So let's dive into Matthew 25 and around the 14th verse, we're going to go here and it says for the kingdom of heaven and well, the King James says for the kingdom of heaven is like a man who is about to take a long journey. And he called his servants together and entrusted them with his property. So to one servant, he gave five talents, which is probably about $5,000 to another servant. He gave two talents and to the third servant, he gave one talent to each servant. He gave in proportion to his own personal ability to that servant's personal ability. So then this man leaves and he goes out of the country, goes on his trip and the person, the servant he gave the five talents to, he traded them and he gained five more talents. So he doubled his talents. And likewise, he who had received the talents of the two, he gained two more talents. Verse 18 though says, but he who had received the one talent went and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. And to the one he gave the five, he came and brought him five more saying, master, you entrusted me to, with five talents. Here I have gained five more talents. And his master said to him, well done, you upright and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over a little. I will put you in charge of much. Enter into and share the joy which your master enjoys. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward saying, master, you entrusted me with two talents. Here, I've gained two more talents. Of course, like he told the one with the five, he says to the second one. Now the third servant who received the one talent came to the master saying, I knew you to be a harsh man and a hard man. You reaped where you didn't sow and you gathered where you didn't winnow grain. So I was afraid and I wouldn't hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is your own. But his master answered, you wicked and lazy and idle servant. King James references it as you wicked and slothful servant. He says, if you knew that I did these things, then you should have just invested my money with the bankers. And when I came, I would have received what was my, my own money with interest. Here, how about this? Take the talent away from you and I'm gonna give it to the one that has 10 talents. And so verse 29 says, for to everyone who has will be more given, will more be given, excuse me. And he will be furnished richly so that he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, even what he does have will be taken away. I'm challenging us to consider the talent of the servant who received one. And the challenge in considering him is this, are you preserving what's been given to you? Or are you producing out of what's been given to you? Now, for those of you who are listening to Tea Not Coffee for say maybe the first time, maybe you're just new to the, the podcast in general, this channel is definitely all about producing good fruit. And I thought this would be awesome considering we're coming up on the one year anniversary of Tea Not Coffee in April. And I wanted to really touch on a refresher here because we can easily say, well, what's wrong with preserving what God gave me? But here's what's wrong with preserving with what God has given you. To preserve in and of itself, it simply means you're saving it you're maintaining it. And there's nothing wrong with saving and maintaining. It becomes a problem when 
all you do is preserve and maintain. You never grow it. You never produce it. You never cause something else to yield from it. And realistically, one of the, the I, I guess the terms for preserve is to protect. And if we don't think about it in the way it's intended to think, you're going to think, oh, well, there's nothing wrong. I'm going to protect me. I'm going to guard my gates. And there is, again, nothing wrong with preservation unless preservation produces stagnation, unless preservation produces poor performance. Here, this servant was given, according to verse 14, I believe it's back in verse 14, the master gave each one according to his own personal ability. So it wasn't like he received the same amount as the servant who got the five talents because the master already knows what's in your ability to do. And therefore, he's going to give you according to your ability. The problem becomes when we start to analyze and to look at and to question and to judge and to compare, well, he got five and there is no way I'm going to meet you know, 20 people just to get five talents back, right? Because there's this logic that you invite 100 people to the party and expect about 50 to show up, right? So that means for him to have gotten five talents, he had to at least talk to 10 people, <laughs> at least to get half, right? So the reality of it is this servant was going down this path, assessing all the things. Well, I know what kind of man the master is. I'm not going to put myself out. I'm going to take care of what he gave me and give it right back to him. And he thought that that was good enough. Are we like that servant? Are we taking what God has given us and thinking, well, this is enough. All I got to do is maintain. Because there are people in the body of Christ who feel like all they have to do is maintain and the gates will swing wide open but you have to do more than maintain. And let me tell you why. Because if all you do is maintain, guess what you're gonna be deemed as? Wicked and slothful. Amplified called him idle. That means while maintaining takes work, it's not viewed that way in heaven. The master does not view your preservation, your, your preserving your talent as work. Because if you think about it, all he did was dug a hole, put it in there. It di he didn't even do anything else. We, in our natural mindset, believe that it takes a lot to maintain. Mm -hmm. But remember, his ways are not our ways. And so what we consider maintaining and how much effort and work it takes to maintain or preserve, our Heavenly Father is like, you didn't even do anything. You were slothful. You were lazy. You were idle. You are wicked. King James says wicked. Amplified kind of, you know, cushions it up a little bit. But it amounts to the same thing. You want to know why it amounts to the same thing? Because here in verse, verse 30 says, well, let's do this. Verse 29. For to everyone who has will more be given and he will be furnished richly so that he will have an abundance. Jesus came that we might have life and that more abundantly. He says, but from the one who does not have, 
even what he does have will be taken away. Isn't that something you don't even have, but yet what you got that you count as nothing, I barely got anything to eat myself. And you don't, you don't consider that much of anything, even that will be taken from you. The, the thing you consider not having or not even having enough of, even that will be taken from you. And verse 30 says, and throw the good for nothing servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and grinding of teeth. King James says weeping and gnashing of teeth. Throw the good for nothing servant. Now let's bring this on in. I had when we first moved to this area we are currently living in, my husband worked, I worked. Thankfully, my job was like five minutes from the house. But nonetheless, I needed childcare for my son who was four years old at the time. I hired a, a childcare provider via this site, very popular site. I interviewed her and it seems like everything was going to be okay until it wasn't. <laughs> Okay, many of you may know what that's like. So she was arriving late. She arrived with two other children to my home, um, which I was like, okay, because they're kids. I'm not gonna, you know, throw a fit about that. Um, but all she had to do, literally guys, all she had to do was be at my house by say like 8.45, because I had to be to work by nine, by 8.45, be there until about 10.50 because my son's bus arrived. He was four years old, mind you. He rode the four-year-old bus to school because he was in the program for the four-year-olds. And they started, um, they had two programs, one that started in the morning and one then that started at 11 a.m. So the bus would get there about 10, maybe not even 10.50. It was like 10.30 or something. The bus would get there, pick him up. I already had him dressed. He's been fed, he, you know, book bag, everything to get. All she had to literally do was just be there to ensure he got on the bus. That's it. For about two hours, less than two hours, really. Because again, 8.45 to 10.30, you're there. Well, I was always running late to work because my, my child care provider was running late to my house. And guess what that meant? I hired you for a service, meaning for what it's worth, I was paying you to help me service my family, right? I was paying her to be a servant. And unfortunately, I began to take, you know, some flack on my job because the person that I employed to be of help to me was of no help to me. Eventually, yes, I did let her go because I couldn't keep doing it, right? So in verse 30, if we think about us and put us in that position, if you're hiring someone to help you out, maybe to come, you know, be an electrician or a plumber and they literally don't do the job. They keep telling you, um, oh, it's going to be a few more hours before I get there. Oh, I know we told you 10 a.m. and it's now 1 p.m. And you've got nothing. You've already paid a deposit or what have you. You're going to immediately either file a complaint, fire that person, and seek matters of getting your money back, right? For those of you who've had housekeepers or nannies or child care providers, you know what it's like to have good 
help. You know what it's like to have good help that actually shows they're being productive on behalf of your family. But here in verse 30, if you're a good for nothing servant, you're going to be thrown into outer darkness, which means when it's all said and done, if you aren't producing with what you're actually told to produce in and what you're actually being given all of these great gifts and talents for, at the end of the day, you're going to be deemed wicked, slothful, and idle, and you're going to be considered good for nothing. And for the good for nothing, you're thrown into outer darkness. Matthew 3 and 10. Now, therefore, the axe is laid into the root of the trees, and every tree not bringing forth or bearing good fruit is cast down and hewn into the fire. That is what we're standing on here, ladies. Being bearers of good fruit, meaning we have to yield, we have to produce, we have to birth out, we have to go forth, we have to make sure that we are accruing. And that also accruing, not just speaking of financial terms. We have to extend and go beyond. We have to be producers of good fruit. So I leave you with this thought. Are you preserving or are you producing? Consider, hallelujah, the ramifications of preserving versus producing. I pray that what has been said today blesses you. Join me next week for another cup of tea not coffee where the conversation is harvested from the word and steeped in prayer. Mm-hmm.